Hello and welcome to another episode of Coaching Chaos. And like the world prompt this campaign, they have asked us to think about someone who did something nice for you and do something nice for someone else, but to post about that person who's done something nice for you. And I can't, I can't bring myself to do that. There are so many people in my life that has done so much for me that I can't possibly just post one because then my mind begins to wander about all those who I have forgotten or neglected to mention that has done good things for me in my life to help me to arrive to where I am today angels in my path well I want to mention one angel who was just released as Relief Society president in my ward but during this time I got to know Christy probably one of the most amazing sisters her kindness and her goodness it is felt and when she was released on Sunday she was asked to bear her testimony and later in the day I texted her and she wrote back and she said oh my goodness I am so embarrassed Why did I get up there in front of the entire ward and tell them that it was my birthday? And why did I tell them that I am delightful? But nobody thought any less of her for doing that. And yet she felt that she just did nothing but get up there and fumble all over the place. But I didn't think that. And me as just one ward member... It just endeared me all the more to her. So I opened up my email this morning to go through and check on it and see if there's anything important that I needed to see. And there was an email from Christy. She says, I wanted to give you the entire story from David Butler's who shared it on his Don't Miss This episode. It's just the sweetest, and it's my favorite story ever. She asked me to share it with my girls, and so we did that tonight for Family Home Evening. I shared it with them, and she says, And let them know I think they are absolutely fabulous and delightful. I just know if we could have grown up together, we would have all been best of friends, for sure, and had so much fun together. They are so darling, and Heavenly Father loves them, and you, and all of us more than we can ever comprehend. So she goes on to include in this email the story as to why she got up in sacrament and said, Today is my birthday, and I'm missing my parents, and they think I'm delightful. And yet it wasn't quite that way. We all understood where she was coming from, but she just felt that it just tumbled out all wrong. In any case, she wanted to explain uh, just a little bit about what she was trying to truly say. So here is the story. 
David Butler's good friend is a stake patriarch. And one day he was visiting the patriarch and he shared a special experience he had during one of the blessings he gave. There was a young woman who came to him for a blessing that he later learned had been raised in the church, but fell away and had had a troubled life. She was young and unwed with two small children. And when she had the desire to make a change, she wanted her patriarchal blessing. She ended up at the patriarchal the, at the patriarch's house for the blessing. The patriarch said, the second he laid his hands on her head, I saw her before she was born, and I could feel what her heavenly parents felt about her. The only word I could use to describe it was delighted how delighted they were in her. And then he said, these words fell out of my mouth. You are one of God's favorites, and he's never been mad at you. David Butler went home after hearing this story, and he wrote it down at the bottom of his own patriarchal blessing. He said, I just added it because that is what I want to believe about me too that his parents were delighted when he was born and that he is one of God's favorites and that he's never been mad at him. And Christy said that she was so touched by this that she actually wrote it on the bottom of her patriarchal blessing too. But early in the morning, she woke up on her birthday and had the most amazing and sweetest experience that she felt she just couldn't put into words in her testimony. But it was a sweet and deep and adoring love that was just gushing that she looked back on her testimony and felt that she just fumbled. But she is so loved by everybody that we all look at her and feel that she is a most delightful daughter of God. And especially to her parents. So she wasn't able to sleep earlier that morning on her birthday as she looked at the clock and it was 2 a.m. and it came over her that today is my birthday. And she began to picture how happy her parents had to have been 53 years ago on that day that she was born. She said, I've never really thought about all the details of what went into the day what it must have been like for my parents and my sister, the excitement, anticipation, getting to have a brand new baby for Christmas. Then she says, I remember the feelings I had with each one of my babies, bringing them home and having a little piece of heaven and too many blessings to count. Words can't even begin to explain the rush of love, adoration, total acceptance and happiness I felt from my own parents, my older sister, the Savior, and our loving Heavenly Father. I couldn't control the tears, the chills, the joy. This experience that she was having as she thought about the day that she was born and placed into her mother's arms, it was an overwhelming feeling as she was thinking about her mom and dad. Her dad had passed on a few years ago and her mother has Alzheimer's disease and so she was feeling a little bit of sadness that she missed them 
and wished so much that she could reach out and talk to them, like really talk to them on her birthday. And all of these feelings came over her. And she felt that they were delighted in her. She felt close to them. And the spirit came over her and she knew that that's what her parents and her heavenly parents feel for Christy, that they are delighted in her. And even more so that they've never been mad at her and she's one of their favorites. That story has overwhelmed me today as I was reading through my email. Even though it wasn't something that she actually physically did for me, she still did so much for me by taking the time out to write this out and send it to me and to want me to share it with my own daughters and explain to them how beautiful and how special they are and how delighted our Father in Heaven is in them. I needed to read that. I needed to read about how her Father in Heaven and her parents are delighted in her because then I felt the Spirit come over me and I knew that my Father in Heaven and my Father and my Heavenly Mother are also delighted in me and that they know how hard I am trying. They know my struggles as a mother. They know all my private conversations with my daughters and how much I have struggled with my own children. But yet our Father is delighted in each of them. And He's delighted in all of us. She explained that this feeling, this experience that she had was the best birthday gift she has ever had or will ever be given. She said, I don't ever want this feeling to leave me. And I want all of my loved ones to experience that same kind of love. And she shared this story with me, a friend. She says, I know without a doubt that it is the kind of love Heavenly Father wants each one of his children to feel and the kind of love he wants all of us to share with one another. I am so grateful for this precious letter that she sent to me. I will always cherish it. And sure enough, I shared it with my children tonight and told them that their Heavenly Father is delighted in them and that He's never been mad at them. I want them to understand and to know their infinite worth. For some reason, as I was thinking about Christy and her being released from her calling, I began to think about my own husband who served right alongside with Christy as Elders Quorum President. And the time and effort and energy he's put into his calling. He's always been so amazing, strong, stalwart. And I'm grateful for his leadership and guidance. While my daughter was serving her mission in the New Hampshire mission, she was sitting in church one day and a member of the High Council was speaking. He knew that 
Sister Reynolds was in the audience. This was a very special occasion because the High Councilman that was speaking that day was actually a former mission companion to Jeff. So here, Sister Reynolds, our daughter Alexandria, was sitting in the audience innocently as former Elder Barry was up there speaking. He had knowledge that she was serving in the area, and then it so happened to be that he was going to be speaking in her ward that she was serving in. He was explaining what it felt like to be filled with anguish. He was the only member of the church in his family. He says, my parents have always been wonderful and supportive, but when I joined the church, they were opposed. When I decided to serve a mission, they were opposed. While serving a full-time mission, I was supported financially by some good members of my home ward. After serving a few months, I wanted to give my parents an opportunity to help me. I felt bad that these other families were needing to pay for my mission as I served, so I wrote to my parents and asked them to provide financial assistance. While serving with Elder Reynolds, I received a response. My father's letter was cutting and painful. He declined to help and reprimanded me boldly. He copied both my mission president and my home bishop. There was no ambiguity in his response to my request. Brother Barry continues, That was for me a sad experience. I still remember the ep- emptiness I felt. The other missionaries I lived with knew I was upset. They tried to be quiet and kind and understanding, but it was an intensely lonely experience for me. He invited Alexandria, or at that time Sister Reynolds, to come to the podium and stand next to him. In his hand, he had his mission journal, and he pointed to all of the yellow sticky notes that were sticking out. He explained that each one of those were references to Elder Reynolds, her father, that he served with. And here his daughter was serving in the very ward that he was speaking in. He opened it up to one of the marked pages and he had her read from his journal. Reflecting on this experience after receiving a cutting letter from his father. And I continue. His mission companions, he lived in an apartment with four missionaries, himself and then, and then three others. So he had his companion and there was another companionship. He said, they tried to be kind and understanding, but it was intensely a lonely experience for me. And this is the part that he had Alexandria read. Elder Reynolds sat with me. And then he continues, Sometimes, brothers and sisters, that is all we can do. We cannot change someone's circumstances or alleviate their pain, but we can be empathetic and kind. For me, 
In that chapter, in that isolated spot in Western Australia, Elder Reynolds demonstrated what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ because he loved me when I needed to feel it most. That was such a monumental week for us as we found out about how this all transpired and how Sister Reynolds got to go and stand with a former companion in my her very own father's mission and read from a journal, a mission journal that spoke about her dad and his service as a missionary. In Alma 28:14, it says, "And thus we see the great call of diligence of men to labor in the vineyards of the Lord. And thus we see the great reason of sorrow and also of rejoicing. Sorrow because of death and destruction among men, and joy because of the light of Christ unto life. We do see so much destruction and sorrow and sadness, but there is so much joy, and we experience greatest joy when we love one another. I felt so much love and kindness from Christy in receiving that email today, and her taking the time out to share that story and express her love to me in Light the World, this campaign. As we look for ways that we can serve and love one another, I am so grateful for Christy for the time that she took to send that to me. I'm so grateful for Brother Barry a couple of years ago who reached out to my daughter who may have been experiencing her own lonely time in her mission, but she got to be closer to her parents as she read a portion of another missionary's journal that he wrote 30-some years ago about her father while he was serving his mission. Tonight we sang, we sang the song called Merciful. And it says, and he taught me how to love because he loves me. So I'll love with all my heart and live for something. I'm going to do all I can do to do what he would do because he has given me a second chance. He is merciful, merciful. He always lifts us to our feet. He is merciful. This I know because he is merciful to me. In the conference talk, Light and Truth, from April 1981, by Theodore Burton, he says, I have wondered how anyone could knowingly prefer to live where it is dark and cold. How could anybody willingly prefer darkness and misery over light and warmth? Yet darkness, cold, and misery will be the lot of those who willingly and knowingly reject the Lord. John wrote, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. May we continue to light the world and love one another and find find someone that we can walk with, that we can sit with. And if we can't, find someone we can send an, a letter to, just as I received today. Find someone to express 
adoration for and have them feel that they are delightful in your eyes. And may we all feel that we are truly a delight to our heavenly parents because that, I can testify, is light and truth. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Coach and Chaos, and may we continue to light the world one sparkler at a time. <laughs>